Good morning, good morning, good morning. Or maybe it is good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be in on the world today. Greetings to each of you this day. I am your host of the Being Love in Action podcast, Kenya C. Williams of Kenya C. Williams Ministries. Listen, I'm a grace girl, daughter of the King of Kings and a disciple and lover of Jesus Christ. And I invite you to walk with me on today as I share a word of encouragement. So grab your coffee or have a sip of tea with me while being encouraged, empowered, and even challenged as we learn through the gospel of Jesus Christ, the life applications of what it truly means to being love in action. Well, good morning. Thank you all for tuning in to the Being Love in Action podcast. Once again, this week, I am so excited. I am honored whenever you come in and you say, listen, I want to I want to go and listen to the Being Love in Action podcast. And I thank each and every one of you who are tuning in this morning. I pray that this morning uh, has started off. Uh, already with peace of mind, uh, you know, that is something we, I know myself, you know, I have to make sure I keep my peace of mind safe every day. Amen. And so I just pray that no matter what, when you got up this morning, that you got up with a peaceful state of mind. Amen. Listen, uh, my friends and my family and the beloved of God. Thank you once again. And I'm excited about today. Uh, this this podcast on today is a very personal one. Um, you know, as I prepare, like I shared with many of you who are listeners, returning listeners. And if today is your first time listening, welcome. Thank you for coming in. And, and sitting with us and, and, and being part of what God is doing through this ministry to hear uh, the word of God. You know, this this is a, a podcast. Uh, it is founded on First uh, Corinthians 13 verses four through eight. And we talk about the life applications uh, using the word of God. And many times I use illustrations from the word of God, from all the people um, so that we can understand that. The people uh, in the in the biblical times were normal people, many of them just like you and I. Many of them were normal people that had an extraordinary call on their lives. Many times they were considered um, not the, the, the elect or the ones that seemed to be the, the, the better picture. Many of them were the outcasts or the black sheep or the one that had something that was peculiar about them. And through the word of God, we learned how ordinary people did extraordinary things for God. And so in this podcast, you'll get truth. You'll always get truth. You'll always get the word, biblical foundation. And you'll always get in this podcast, uh, uh, God's word that hopefully will uh inspire you to be transformed. Amen. And of course, we always offer Jesus Christ to anyone that comes on this podcast. Amen. So thank you again for tuning into the Being Loving Action podcast. Um, I have some great information that I'm going to share with you at the end of this podcast as well. Um, We have some wonderful things coming up for the listeners. Amen. So stay connected. And um, again, we thank you for tuning in today. Today, we're going to jump into the word and as i mentioned just a few minutes ago this 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 particular podcast is very personal um to me um because many times uh before i share the word of god with you guys um god deals with me there is something that he exposes to me whether it's my heart or whether it's a situation that i'm dealing with that he ministers to me and, um, you know, that's just the reality of it. And um, if I can be very transparent, this particular uh, podcast today, we're going to talk about uh, how to, what to do when you're in a weakened state or what to do when 
you feel overwhelmed. Amen. What to do when you feel like, uh, uh, and I use the illustration of, we used to call them Johnny plugs when I was a child, but everybody knows what a fire hydrant is. And, uh, you know, the fire hydrant is what's used when the uh, firemen come or to um, put out a fire, whether it's in a home or whether it's in a commercial building. The fire hydrants are strategically placed within neighborhoods so that and on the streets so that if there is ever a fire that they are um, able to access the water. And, and fire hydrants constantly have a flow of water going through them. Amen. That supplies them. But the only way to access the, the actual water is to remove the cap. Mm. And that cap is what used to be removed when I was a little girl growing up in, in, in New Orleans in the Seven Ward. They would uh, remove the caps in the neighborhoods on those very extreme hot summer days. And then as they removed the cap that kept the water going in a specific flow, the water would just burst out. And it was like it had no filter. It had nothing to stop it. It was just all over the place. And the kids would just run in the water and just have a great time. Well, honestly, my mom didn't allow me and my brothers and sisters to get in the giant. We would call it the Johnny plug. But, you know, every I, I can remember a couple of times sneaking in it. But like I said, I snuck in it because, again, usually uh, it was on the street, uh, the water. And so, you know, there was a safe there. There was a safety issue because. You know, cars could come through the street and all the children would be playing. But my mom didn't really allow us to do it. But, you know, we, we would sneak and do it at times. But that thought, just 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 think about that. How do you put the cap back on? And, and, and I want you to think about what I'm saying. How do you put? The cap back on the fire hydrant issues in your life. If it doesn't make sense to you, again, the, the fire hydrant issues are those issues that seem um, like the water that uh, flows out of the hydrant when it has no cap. It is very forceful. It is very overwhelming. Usually if a child, a small child would push their body in front of it, their body would move because the pressure of the water would was so powerful that it could cause them to fall down. How do we deal with the fire hydrant issues of our lives? How do we deal with them? How do we deal with them? And I asked the question today, how do we deal with the fire hydrant issues of our lives? Because this week when I, uh, to Monday, as I was preparing uh, in my private uh, devotional time that morning, and uh, sometimes, you know, prior to me actually going into prayer, I may read a devotional. And, and honestly, I thank God for In Touch magazine because Whoever the writer of this particular um, devotional, it was Monday's devotional for In Touch Magazine. So shout out to In Touch Magazine, uh, the the June issue, and this was for Monday the twenty fourth. So maybe if you you uh, like, um, and I love um, as well, Dr. Charles Stanley and his ministries. Um, I also read uh, the in touch devotional and so if you if you read in touch you if you if you read it for monday uh some of what i'm going to say is very uh it, it piggybacks off of that particular devotional and that particular vo devotional was talking about jesus identifying with our needs amen and they gave three great illustrations uh biblical illustrations and i'm gonna keep those but I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about him meeting our needs. I'm, I'm talking about him um, through the word of God and using Jesus as the example. What do we do? What are the, the steps that we do 
when it seems that life is flowing like the very pressures of a uncapped hydrant where uh, it's just your emotions all over the place. Everything is just kind of overwhelming you or something is overwhelming you. How do you put that cap back on? In other words, how do you gain control? How do you allow yourself to find the medium of peace again? How do you find yourself to find the medium of God in a situation or an assignment in your life where it seems like you can't gain control over it or it is taking control of your mind? Maybe it's taking control of your heart. Maybe it's taking control of your emotions. How do you get that under control? How do you put the, the cap back on the fire hydrant of your life? And so as I share with you this word today, again, I'm, I'm piggybacking. So I thank them for really setting out the points for me already. But I'm going to give a different perspective because, again, we can read the word in each of one of us. And I'm quite sure as you guys take this word that I'm giving today, you can go back and study it for yourself. And God will bless you to, to get something else out of it in lieu of what I said to you. And that's the thing about the word of God. As you read it and as you study it, God will bless you. It becomes personal for you in that moment. Amen. And so here is the word of God. And, 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 um, like I said, I was dealing with, uh, a situation that if I can be transparent, it's not something that I deal with all the time. In other words, it is not something that is in my heart all the time where it, it, it can overwhelm me. It is something that creeps up and I'm not going to say just creep up, but it, it comes up every now and then and again. And then I have to deal with it because it is something and it deals with my heart and my feelings that I don't want to deal with. And, and that's the reality. There are some things that we just don't want to deal with and not because it's a bad thing and, and not it's just because it's a bad thing, because all of it is not bad. And in this situation, it's not necessarily bad. It's just that it is something that God has revealed to me almost a, a year ago, almost a year ago, or maybe it'll be, yeah, a year ago. And in that revelation, um, you know, I have the gift of visions and dreams, right? And um, it, it was something that deals with my heart as well as my emotions. And it's almost like God shows you something. And then when he shows it to you, you can't really say anything because it's not time, right? And so you have to deal with that. And if you look in the in the Bible, there's been many instances where God has, has given a word or a vision or a prophetic word to a man or woman of God, sometimes both. And usually they can't say anything or it doesn't happen right at that time. We look at uh, Abraham and Sarah when Abraham, when the angels came to Abraham and told him that he was going to be the father of many nations. Remember, Sarah overheard them and she laughed about it. Um, of course, she loved God and she believed God just like I do. Right. But then the idea of what they told her that she was going to be the he was going to be the father of many nations. She knew that 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 meant that that child Isaac was going to come from her. But, you know, we know the story. It didn't happen until 25 years later. If we look at uh, the story of Mary. Mary and, and, and Joseph. Mary became pregnant with the promise. She became pregnant with the with the Savior. Um, she hadn't even had uh, intimacy. She never had sex before. She was still a virgin. And then the angel told her, don't be afraid. But she still had to deal with the reality of being pregnant and wasn't married and eventually was going to show. She had to deal with that. She had to deal with that. And she had to deal with uh how was Joseph going to react when he found out? And he reacted the way that uh, most men would have found out. Um, would he reacted? I'm sorry. He he was like, man, I, I, I don't want to uh, embarrass her, but I can't marry this woman. She's pregnant. And, and then she's telling me that I'm the, uh, that that it was God. This woman might be even crazy. So he had to deal with his own emotions. But watch this. God stepped in and told him the truth. And so there are times that God is going to share some things with you in your life, um, whether it's in prayer, whether it's in prophecy. But what I do know is that even when he shared things to you, he will confirm it to you to make sure you understand that it is truth. 
that that thing is going to come to pass. And usually, you know, for me, uh, you know, um, when he does confirm something, you know, it'll come from other people. Sometimes it'll come from someone that I'm not necessarily personally connected to, but but there's a relationship and then God will uh, give them a prophetic word. They don't really know what's on my heart, what's, what I said, but they'll say it to me. And then I'll know it's God because they don't know. Amen. And so there, there'll be times in your life that God will reveal things to you. And so this Monday, I got up and, and, and you know, I'm in my prayer time and, and my heart was just heavy. I said, man, God, I don't want to feel this thing. I don't want to deal with this thing. You know, I'm, my heart is heavy and um, I, I just I don't want to think about it. Why today? Why is this thing in my heart? Why is this in the forefront of my heart? My mind, my spirit, I'm, I'm carrying this thing and I don't want to do it. So I begin to read the word of God and I want to start off with remember we're talking about how do we put the cap cap on the fire hydrants of our lives how do we put the cap back on the fire hydrants of our lives and so today my my fire hydrant was my heart and my emotions mm. it was my heart and my emotions my heart was in a a, a very vulnerable place and that vulnerable place was because what God had shared with me in a series of three dreams, visions, uh, almost a year ago was something that was so overwhelming for me that I cried out and I said to God, please, after the third one. And they came like I want to say every maybe like consistently, like within a three month span, three to four month span, you know, and it, and it was always like uh it seemed that it was always a Saturday night and on a Sunday morning is when I re realized. And me, I'm a journaler. I've always journaled. And if I can be very transparent with you this morning. When I started having these visions and dreams about this particular thing, I stopped journaling. And one of the ways that God allows my journaling to bear witness to things that he said to me during my private devotion time, you know, whether it was for me or for a family member, or for a friend or what, whether it was something that was going to happen. One of the things was that um, it would be revealed in my journaling and I always could go back and see what God said and how it came to pass. And part of it was, is that, if I was honest with myself and, and I had to really get to that place this week was that I still had fear in my heart. There was still fear in my heart of what was what God said. And I know I hear from God and I know I have a relationship with the father and the son and I talk to him. But this was different because this vision, this dream was not something I wanted necessarily wasn't something I was infatuated about and lusting about it wasn't any of those things and so I was trying in my mind to just just say okay God you know if this is what you're saying it is I can't handle this anymore and I cried and, and I never forget I cried out to God I mean I boo-hooed and I say God Please don't allow me to have another vision, another dream concerning this thing because I can't handle it. And I went back so much as to every day, every and, and I didn't write it down. And I'm I'm sorry that I didn't, but but I, I had to deal, I have to deal with that consequence now. Um, because I was running away from what God was showing me. Because part of it was was that what he was showing me was something that initially I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't something that I wanted. But as he began to show me, it was something that now my heart was open to and vulnerable for. And because he was showing it to me in such a way. And one day I'll share this testimony when it, it when it's completed. It, it, it was overwhelming. And I never forget, I, I called, you know, not initially my, my inner circle and, and, and I shared with them. And, um, 
and you know they listen because you know most of my inner circle have been in my life when they've seen the things that God has said to me come to pass but this was different again because it involved my heart it involves my emotions and so with all of that being said I cried out and like I said, I went back and I started looking at the days, right? And it was always a Saturday night. So we know that this was more, I knew, you know, because in my mind, I had to figure out, okay, is this really God? Let me make sure this is really God. And so as I began to go back and I traced the days when it happened, then I noticed a pattern. It was every Saturday. And then one particular day, I think it was the third dream that I had. It was, um, and I was like, you know what? I don't go to bed thinking about this situation, you know, and, and I went back to November 11th and this day was so um, powerful to me because it's my grandfather's birthday and everybody know that I have a very special relationship with my grandfather. And, um, and so um, that day I was kind of sad, you know, um, just reminiscing a little bit about him. And so I never forget that Saturday night. I was sick that night. I had uh, some really, really bad stomach issues going on. And, and so I wasn't feeling well. And I remember my daughter going to the store to get me some Tylenol to take to help me deal with the pain that I was feeling in my stomach. And so as I went back to begin to trace, OK, I know for sure that I wasn't thinking about this situation. I remembered that I know I wasn't because I was sick on that day. So nobody goes to bed thinking about anything emotional or anything like that on the day that they were sick. So what am I saying? And I'm just giving you some background information just so you understand what I mean by this particular word going to be so very helpful to us. And so for me, I, 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 I had to go back. And I had to ask God, like Jesus in Matthew 26, verses 38 through 39, when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And, and Jesus was so overwhelmed with the assignment on his life, if you recall. I'm going to start off reading and I'm going to we're going to look at Matthew 4, 1 through 2, then Matthew 14, 23 and then Matthew 26. 38 through 39. And again, we're talking about how do we put the caps on the fire hydrant? How do we put the caps back on the fire hydrant issues in our lives? And so what am I saying? Why is this so important about me? And again, I told you this was a very personal uh this is a very personal one and that's why I'm just really giving you this background because part of my healing is uh, being able to share and be vulnerable. And that's something that if I can be honest, um, that I'm still learning how to do because I've been so guarded and, and, and so protective of my own space. You know, I'm, I'm a protector of my, my children, my household, you know, those I love, the people that God sends me to. So I'm always mindful and I'm always guarded. And, and you know, yes, I'm vulnerable with God. But then I even realized that I had not totally been totally vulnerable with him. And that's a part of me that God is just just helping me work, work, work through. I'm a very private person. So for me to really share, and I don't mind being transparent, amen. I, you know, there's some things that I recognize God wants me to share in order to help and be a blessing because people may see me just as this woman of God or this person, but I'm a real person. I deal with real life issues um, just like everybody else. And so this particular thing that I'm sharing with you is still, it's still being it's still being um, put together. Right. So that's why I can only share part of this because it's it's still ongoing. But but this week I was overwhelmed in this situation. I was overwhelmed in this situation. And I want to look I want to, you know, look at Matthew four and one. And this is Jesus. It says Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. After 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. There will be times in our lives. It says he was led by the spirit. In other words, God allowed the enemy, the evil one, 
the devil, Beelzebub, whatever name you want to call him, uh, allowed him. See, there are times in our lives that there are some things that God is going to allow. Some things he allows because of the choices that we've made. In other words, we made some bad choices, right? We made some choices and then there were some consequences to those choices. And God is not going to supersede your will. He gives you free will. Amen. So we know that, you know, in those situations, those are things that we brought on ourselves. But then there are some things that God will allow us to go through so that we can be tested and, and tried and to come out of the fire uh, unscorched. Amen. And, and here was one of those things. Uh, Jesus had been doing the right thing. He was fasting and he was going before the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. He was fasting and praying. And when you're trying to do the right thing, in other words, when you're trying to live the right way and you're trying to do the things that God wants you to do, the enemy will always tempt you in the weakest area of your flesh. Oh my God. Uh, uh, there was something that Joseph Prince said, and, and I made a post. He said, we have to be vulnerable with God even in those areas that we struggle with because if we don't allow even though watch this even though God knows everything all about us he knows everything about us amen but guess what even in knowing everything about us we still have to relinquish and surrender those things to God and Joseph Prince said if we don't relinquish everything to God surrender our fears, the things that we struggle with, the enemy will come in and use those things against us. He will try to use our weak, weakest things, our uh, fleshy moments, human moments. He will use those weaknesses against us. He will try. And here was Jesus in the in the, in uh, coming off of a fast, and 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 it talks about him being tested. So what am I saying? Th there will be times that you will be tested. Those 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 caps of that need to be placed on those fire hydrant moments in your life will not all always be out of a bad decision. It will be because you're doing the will of God, and you are going through a test. And Jesus was that example. He it said that the enemy uh, was allowed and he asked, he began to tempt Jesus. How did he tempt him? He used the very first thing he came out to Jesus is he knew that he was hungry. You don't think the enemy knows when you're struggling with something in the flesh? Why do you think it's so hard uh, for people that are, are single Christians to um, abstain from sex, especially if you've already been intimate. If you're still a virgin, then this doesn't apply. But if you're not a virgin, it's hard to abstain from it because it's something you've already felt and you felt the benefits that it give you um, physically. So, you know, even, you know, whatever the situation is, but what he what he did was he went straight to the very first thing he said to Jesus Christ was um, take this cat, take this stone and turn it into bread. He dealt directly, directly with his weakness. In that moment, his flesh was weak because he was fasting. And what did Jesus say to him? I love it. He said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So how do we begin to put the fire hydrant, uh, the caps on the fire hydrant things in our lives? The first thing we do is we use the word of God as a defense. And the only way we can use the word to defeat the enemy when he attacks our flesh is if we know the word. And the only way that we know the word is through studying the word. It's crazy to me because if the enemy can try to tempt Jesus, the Christ, what do you think he's going to do to you and I? He tried to use the word on the word. I want you to catch that. And remember, this is Jesus even though he's a deity, he's in the flesh. Remember, he has to go through the things that mankind is going through before he gets to Calvary. 
So the first thing is the using the word of God as our defense. And the only way we can use the word is to know the word and study the word. So I encourage you today to study the word of God for yourself. That's great that you hear the pastors, the preachers, the evangelists, the apostles, whoever brings forth the word to you. But learn it for yourself. So the first thing, the first way that we begin to deal with putting the cap back on the fire hydrants of our lives is using the word of God as our defense against the attacks of the enemy. Amen. And then the second thing we're going to look at is when Jesus went to the mountainside to pray by himself. And this is in Matthew 14 and 23. And, and this is right after he had fed the 5,000 and right before he rescues uh, the disciples as they were in the boat going to the other side. Um, and Jesus had, had stepped away to begin to pray. Matthew 14 and 23 says, after he dismissed them, he went up to pray. So what am I saying? Why is that important? Jesus had been feeding the people. He fed the, the people after he had ministered to them for hours. Uh, remember, he was like, I want to and, and read this, you know, read that whole chapter if you've never read it. And he had, you know, uh, been ministering to the people all day. And not only had he been ministering to people, he had been healing people. So physically, you know, you know, if you're a minister, a pastor, preacher, teacher, apostle, uh, evangelist, when we go out and we preaching and uh, we're teaching or whatever God has called us to do in that moment, um, they said uh, a 30 minute uh, preaching for a pastor or uh, minister is equivalent to an eight hour workday. That's what a, that's what a study found out, because people don't understand what we go through to prepare. And then you're standing up and you're preaching and what it exerts from you. And, and not only that, if you are someone that have the gift of healing, uh, the gift of prophecy and to be able to heal that that depletes you, that takes some strength out of you. That's why many times if you ever see a man or woman of God or uh, minister and they have the gift of healing, um, there's always usually someone part of their team or there that are intercessors that are praying for their strength because it will it will deplete you. It will deplete you physically. And so Jesus had to do what he had to He had to literally take time out to go and pray. Because in prayer is where his strength was going to be renewed. Prayer is where your strength is. It, it replenishes you. So the second point I want to make when you are trying to put the cap back on the fire hydrant issues of your life is in order to maintain strength, you got to pray. You have to have a conversation with the father. Prayer is the source of strength. Jesus said, I got to get away. I got to go have time with my father. Even remember after he was tempted and after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights and he had that, that, that temptation battle with the enemy, right? It says that the angels came and ministered to him. They came to strengthen him. They came to replenish him. Today, Jesus is the one that we're using as the illustration, as the example. Because we, we, even though he was a deity, remember that everything he experienced in the natural world was, was to be able to relate to the sufferings of mankind. Amen. And here's the last point that I'm going to make before we get ready to um, close out. was the third and final point of this text. Matthew 26, 38 through 39. Remember, 
The word is our defense. Every day, the word. That's why we have to study and read it. The second thing is prayer is our source of strength. In prayer time is where we begin to be replenished by our Heavenly Father. And the third thing I want us to understand, if we look at Matthew 26, 38 through 39, it says in verse 38, this is Jesus. His soul is overwhelmed to the point of death. He began to pray to the Father. And what did he say to the Father? He said to the Father, take this cup away from me. He started off by saying that. He started off by saying, it says, and I'm going to read it again. It says, then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He's talking to the disciples, the ones that he asked to come with him. He says, stay here and keep watch with me. And, and coming a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed again. Look at Jesus' uh, 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 life. His lifestyle was to pray. It says he fell on his face and then he began to say to God, take this cup from me. What I want you to catch is from the very beginning, Jesus was very vulnerable. He was very honest about where he was and he was overwhelmed. That is where I was this week, Monday, and, and it lingered on until yesterday. And yesterday was the day that God really released me and he gave me peace. It, it was on Monday when I cried out to God and I sent out some texts to some of my uh, uh, my inner circle in a, a couple of prayer warriors that I know and I said uh, uh, pray for me today see I was in a vulnerable place I, I I I you know God said you know I know who you are king in the spirit but even you need someone to pray for you sometimes listen Jesus asked his disciples to cover him in prayer but 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 what I want you to understand even when you reach out to folks sometime they're going to fail you now watch this not in the sense of an intentional failing what I'm talking about is that their flesh sometimes can only has the capacity to handle what they can carry in that moment because see the bible says that the flesh is willing the 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 soul is willing but the flesh is weaker those three disciples loved god they loved jesus and they wanted to be there for him but they fell asleep their bodies were tired and so jesus had to go on and deal with god himself he had to get in the presence of god for himself there are some times in our lives where the conversation has to be just between you and God. How do we get the fire? How do we put the caps back on the fire hydrant issues of our lives? Jesus is saying to his friends, look, my beloved, I am overwhelmed. Can I share something with you? I said to my inner circle, sisters, I am overwhelmed. This thing has grabbed my heart and my mind and I want it to stop. Oh, Jesus. I'm not that girl that, that becomes consumed by things. I'm not that girl. See, Kenya was looking at herself in, in her flesh and I still wasn't allowing myself to be vulnerable to embrace what God had showed me and to embrace the process. Can I bless you this morning? Jesus said something in that moment. He said, Father, Take this cup from me. That's what he said. He said, Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. So what am I saying? The third thing and the final point of this message is this. We have to always submit to God's will. 
in every circumstance, especially in those things where maybe it's a test or, or maybe uh, and, and maybe it's a test. And maybe it's something that God, just like in my situation, God has shown me. And, I'm, and then I had to be honest, I was fearful of what he was showing me because part of my heart and mind didn't believe. I believe that I deserved it, but the idea of it being that close to me and God is saying, I'm showing you firsthand what I have in store for you, woman of God. And it, uh, it made me afraid. I was afraid. I was afraid of what the possibilities of what God was showing me, how that would feel, how that would allow and affect my children, how it affect that person. It was a beautiful thing, but it was scary because see, this is God divine. This wasn't something that Kenya was choosing. I need you to hear me this morning. This isn't something that I handpicked for myself. This is something that God showed me. And he said, now, this is what's going to happen to you. And I was afraid. And I cried out and I said, God, don't show me another vision. Don't allow me to see another dream because I can't handle it. And watch this. He didn't. He didn't. I haven't had another dream. But watch this. He still every now and then and again allows me to understand that his word is his word. And watch this. He allows me to feel it in the place that I am the most vulnerable and the most guarded place that I have is in my heart. Mm, Jesus. See, I guard my heart. Anyone can't come into my heart. When I say I'm not that girl, I'm not that girl that fall in love with people. You know, like, and no, and no disrespect to my sisters or to any of my brothers. I'm talking about from a woman's perspective. I'm not one of those girls that, you know, a man can tell me he loved me or he can do nice things for me. And I'm just like, uh -huh, no, baby, that's, that ain't me. There is some things that must be proven. There are some actions that must take place before I even begin to even think about that idea. And in this situation, it is something that I have no control of. I never even thought of it in that way. And God revealed it to me and I don't know how to handle it. Can I be real with you this morning? And so Monday when I was overwhelmed and, and, and in a place where I say, God, you got to you got to take this out of my. Why am I even thinking about this, God? I don't think about this like this. Why is this in my heart? And you know what I had to say? God had to reveal to me. King, you have to submit to my will. See, he's breaking me. Because in that area of my life, I didn't even want to be vulnerable with God. I didn't want to accept what he's shown me. I didn't want to accept it because if I had to be honest right now, it don't even make sense. If I had to look at what he's saying and what he's shown me against what is happening in the natural, it don't, it goes together, but not the way that I would, would I would, I'm used to it happening. Amen. And I had a, 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 a woman of God a, a, who was a, a dear friend of mine. And, and in those, this day, and, and I was really having a moment and she didn't even really know what I was dealing with. And she called me. And I shared it with her a little. And, and she said to me, you know, Kenya, when God does things in the spirit first, he doesn't, when God does something, he doesn't deal with the flesh. He deals with the spirit first. And she said, what you're experiencing and the reason why it is overwhelming, because we have been so conditioned to look at everything in the natural, how it feels in the natural, what it looks like in the natural, not in the physical. I mean, I'm sorry, not in the spirit. And she said, what God is doing with you and in this situation, it's taking place in the spirit first. And that's why it's overwhelming to you because now you're having to be vulnerable in an area of your heart. You've had to allow what God is showing you in your heart. And, and, and that's a place that you guard. And so as the fire hydrant of my life in this situation was all over the place this weekend, this week, I'm sorry, starting from Monday through Wednesday, God said, listen, 
You got to submit to my will, daughter. And I know it's hard for you because if we're honest, many times we want to control the narrative. I can be honest. And I'm the person, I'll run away from it. I, I have. I'll try to, well, not run away, but I'll try to rationalize every reason why not. Because again, I'm not that girl. So I'm going to always rationalize, okay, why not? This, this, this ain't the reason why, why. But God is saying we have to submit to his will. We have to use the word of God as our defense. We have to consider prayer so much that we understand that is our source of strength. That is where we are replenished. And when we're overwhelmed, Jesus said, I'm overwhelmed to the point of death. See, Jesus situation was a lot different from ours in the sense of the context of what his assignment was. But whatever our assignment is in that moment, uh, uh, we can compare it to Christ, but we understand it's, it's different. But some of that stuff can make us feel like we're unto death. It consume us. You know, maybe it's the parental responsibilities you have. Maybe it's caring for an ill loved one or being the only financial source in the family or having an unfavorable doctor's report. Or if you are a ministry pastor leader and, 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 and you're having to deal with some of the issues of leading people. And it overwhelms you. Maybe it's, you're like me. God gave you a something. He gave you a vision or a dream or something. And he's showing you something that is to come to pass. And you, you don't want to accept it or you're afraid of being vulnerable. And God is saying, listen, I'll be the example Jesus is the example of how we put the caps back on the fire hydrant issues of our lives. The word is our defense. The prayer is our source of strength where we're replenishing, being replenished. And we must submit to the will of God. Jesus said, I don't like where I'm going. I don't like my assignment. But God, whatever your will is, let thy will be done. Can you say on this morning, this afternoon or this evening, God, I don't like where I am, but let your will be done in my life. So watch this, my, my brothers and sisters. I have to let God. I have submitted to the will of God in my life in this area that I was dealing with. So what am I saying to you today? I pray that as you listen to this podcast, that you were encouraged and, and understand that there are going to be some situations in life that, that you're going to have to deal with. That's going to overwhelm you. That makes you uh, not feel like maybe dealing with it. But God says submit to his will. I pray that as you listened to this word on today that you were encouraged and inspired. And if you're listening and, and, and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, maybe you don't know anything about it. Maybe you've heard about God. You've heard about this Jesus, the Christ, but you don't know him. You know, the Bible says that we all have sinned in, in Romans 3 and 23 and we fall short of the glory of God. There's no perfect person. Even if you are a good person, being a good person is not enough to give you interest into the kingdom of God. It's not enough. He says that you have to confess your sins. He says you have to declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. So that that prayer can be whatever you want it to be. It's personal. God, listen, come into my heart. I'm, I've sinned. I, I want to get to know you, whatever it is. And it says if you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, that you will be saved. And once you do that, I encourage you to be connected to a local ministry, church, a Bible-believing church. They preach and teach the Word of God. Not an opinion, but the Word. Study the Word. Begin to study the Word for yourself. Learn about baptism and all those things as believers that we do. And the Bible said that 
um, you'll be saved. So I, I, I thank you guys once again for tuning into the Being Love in Action podcast. I share with you that there is an announcement that I'm making on today. Listen, starting July 1st, um, starting July 1st through um, September, amen? Starting July 1st through September, watch this. We're excited. Hey, we are so excited because it we're going on our, our one year anniversary for the Being Love in Action podcast. So starting in July 1st, we're asking, we're going to be doing, um, gifting some giveaways to our listeners. I'm so excited about this, man. Um, we're going to be blessing several of our listeners with some gifts from the being love in action podcast and listen here is the requirements first you got to write into the being love in action podcast okay and you can reach us at kenya c williams ministries at yahoo.com again kenya k-e-n-y-a-c williams ministries at yahoo.com and here is what you have to do you have to share with us how this podcast has been a blessing you can include your favorite episodes we're asking you to include at least three of your favorite episodes and also your mailing address because if you're chosen we're going to mail out your um your gift to you and this is going to be something really nice that we're sending out and again so we're giving everybody starting in july uh the very first podcast of the month in the month of july is when we're going to start and again we're going to ask you to um share how this podcast has been a blessing to you and your top three episodes amen and again we will be picking some of our podcast listeners with a wonderful gift in lieu of our first year anniversary, which is September 27, 2019. And again, you have three things you have to do. You have to be subscribed. The subscription is free. So either, even if you're subscribing on the Podbean app, you would have to download the app um, as well. Or if you have an iPhone, an Apple iPhone, if you go on the iTunes, you can uh, subscribe on the Apple iTunes subscription, um, share your top three episodes of the being love in action podcast and share us a testimony of how it blessed you. Amen. Listen again, we love you. We thank God for each and every one of you. Um, pardon. Thank you for tuning in for those who are tuning in week after week. We thank you for your faithfulness and your commitment to this ministry and what God is doing. And for those who may have tuned in today, we thank you for tuning in and we pray that you come again and, and that you partner with us in prayer. And we thank God for each and every one of you. So listen, we let's remember to give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. We love you with the love of Christ. And until next week, God bless you. Amen.